Welcome to Perfecting the Formula. My name is Mahesh. And this is Juan. And welcome to our second ever Fusion episode. Today we're going to be doing the pre-race conversations for both the Paris E-Prix and Baku. Baku. We love Baku. But since we love Baku, we're going to save it for the end. And we're going to start with the Paris E-Prix with our, you know, hot takes on the news. So Juan, what's what's the news this week? What are we, what are we uh, looking at? So actually, uh, Vern talked about what we ranted about last time. So he says um, something pretty much has to change with Formula E stewarding. Ooh, in what way? Uh, mainly because of <laughs> part of the pickups, he, the penalties he picked up along the way, saying they're kind of inconsistent, at least when it comes to other drivers on the field. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go ahead and agree with that. I think there's races where Formula E is like no penalties, and then there's races where Formula E is like all the penalties. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with Vern on this one. I think that maybe he's being a little dramatic because it's not like the way I described it is only on very rare occasions and is on the very polar ends. I think that for the most part, Formula E tries to let them race, and I think Vern's just upset because this time he was the one penalized. But he seems to love it when the people in front of him get penalized. So Yeah, and he's talking about like... This time I got penalized, then I didn't get penalized again, then I got penalized with the same thing. It's like, okay, make up your mind, stewards. Yeah, I mean, but to be honest, it's true in every form of racing. You see it in NASCAR with commitment box violations. So torpedo. Like, commitment comes. <laughs> ah, the torpedo. The torpedo. Rest in peace, Kafiat. I'm kidding, he's driving. But, like, you know what I mean. So, I mean, inconsistency, but, I mean, that's what you're going to get in racing. Uh, let's, uh, Formula E is going to get a little more American. So, Virgin is actually... Uh, Trying to do a co-sponsor with a Harley Davidson motorcycle. What the fuck? <laughs> Whomst? Why? Because <laughs> motorcycles are like race cars. I don't know. Why isn't Harley Davidson sponsoring a MotoGP thing? Why aren't they doing Moto E? Why are they doing Formula? This doesn't make sense. Maybe the name recognition for Formula E is much better than Moto E. But you're still a motorcycle company. Like, I don't... I don't even think they have a single electric vehicle. We're, we're, we're literally sitting here. That <laughs> silence was us sitting here thinking, does Harley Davidson make an electric vehicle? They're, they make other real... Uh, no, they don't. They're uh, also the least, like, fuel-efficient motorbikes out there. No, they actually get around... My uncle has... He just got one. He said he gets about 60 miles to the gallon. Which, by motorcycle standards, is not that great. Probably, but... Yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, it's... Ugh. That makes no sense to me. I'm sorry, my brain currently is in does not compute. I just finished a night class, so that's probably not helping, but I'm like, cannot compute, do not understand. Please reboot me. <laughs> so, also, so, one of our podium finishers, Stoffel the Waffle. The Stoffel Waffle. Uh, you know, Mercedes FE test is very important for the future, at least on having hwa be the guinea pig for now even though they're technically mercedes all right i'm a huge fan of big manufacturers getting into formula e, but do we have to have mercedes do, do we Would have red to? bull and ferrari ever roll over so here's my thing so um red bull yes i can see red bull doing it because they're just a motorsports team they're not a manufacturer right they're just a team and they've they're in a bunch of different racing series and it makes sense Ferrari's a more interesting case where we need to have a bit of a conversation. So I'm going to use this one example. I'm not saying that this is an extrapolation. This is also a little bit old news. Ferrari could have changed their stance since this, but um, I'm going to use the case of the LaFerrari. So when they, the LaFerrari is put in the same tier as two other cars primarily, the McLaren P1 and the Porsche 918. 
because yeah. they're both the hybrid hypercar equivalents, and they're the ones that are always compared. Yeah. Both the McLaren P1 and the Porsche 918 operate as how you think a normal hybrid should operate, and they can run full electric. The Ferrari La Ferrari, or literally the Ferrari the Ferrari, um, operates as a not quite as a normal hybrid. It operates like a Formula One car used to with the curse system and kinetic energy recovery. And so it can't operate solely electric. And when asked why, Ferrari said, we are not interested in making an electric only, an electric cars. And I, yes, that is old news. And I'm probably being a dumbass and I'm probably <laughs> extrapolating way too much from the single data set. But I mean, it's, I don't think Ferrari's that interested in Formula 8. I think they're going to get left behind in the dust. I think eventually they're going to hit like, you know, a critical point and they have to. I'm not, they're not going to be one of the early ones. I think the next one would be Red Bull. Um, oh, so that's foresight for an article when we get to the Formula One section. Ooh. Ah, impressive. You see, I have that I have that power. I'm a prophet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, I yeah, I think Red Bull will hop over next. Mercedes coming in is obviously good for the sport. I just hope that they don't bully Formula E into loosening up the manufacturing regulations because I don't want Mercedes to run away with it. Yeah, and I don't think Mercedes is going to run away with it at the beginning because, well, HWA is being supplied a drive shaft, which is something that failed on their cars last race. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Mercedes <laughs> is still testing, but let's not remember, let's not forget how quickly it took Mercedes to win their championship in Formula One. Uh, what was it, five years? Yeah, the minute they went, indep- they went independent. I think in nine or 10. They went independent in 2013. No. When did McLaren Mercedes end? Hold on. Hold on. We'll, we'll come back to this point as Mahesh Googles rapidly. When No, but I... Yeah, so they took a couple years because I know they signed... Alonzo. Not Alonzo. Um, yeah, Alonzo. Oh, no, no, no sorry. Mercedes <laughs> signed Hamilton. Hamilton in like 13. But I'm remembering... Because um, McLaren went independent around 9 or 10. I think it was uh, Mercedes-Benz is ending at the end of 2009, so it was 2010. You're right. You're right. Yeah, so they went independent, and then they just hunkered down and researched the hell out of everything. Yeah, so it was... Okay. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean... All right. Yeah, so it took them, yeah, like five years. No, less. Four. Four years. 2014 was their championship. What the hell? So, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, it's not out of the question for them to... But if Formula E keeps these restrictions, as we said, seven different race winners and seven different races with from seven different teams, so that manufacturing restrictions are clearly working. So who knows? That'd be at least pretty good, at least for the future of um, Formula E, bringing in much bigger names instead of... Which, where did HWA... I have no clue. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just... Yeah, like HWA... Yeah, some of these teams aren't just... Like, Neo is uh, uh, is supposed to be one of the more... Was when they started one of the more well-known ones because of its... Like, they they have a lot of electric cars, but, I mean, even then, it's not that well-known of a brand. You can't just walk up to a random person and be like, hey, do you know about Neo? And they'd be like, a what? So, yeah. Um, What is our last article we're hitting on, Juan? So, another team, Porsche... Uh, you know, they downsides to what they cons- consider a Formula E team. Back when they were in LMP, they had, you know, a really huge team. Right, and right. Just because of the crazy, um, uh, you know, production they had to do throughout that series. And when they left in 2017, and now they're focusing and in getting into Formula E, uh, 
they cut off a lot of people, unfortunately. And now with a smaller team, they have one guy doing like three people's jobs. And it, well, why did they downsize? Is it, is it like a Formula E rule that you can only have so many people or something? Um, Formula E limits squads to 20 staff dedicated to working on the car. Oh, man. Oh, so that's got to be a killer. So someone's trying to have to learn three other. I like this because it puts these teams that have this manpower advantage on the back foot. And that is something they're not used to, along with the testing requirements are much stricter. Yeah, so you're not used to something, get used to it. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, I love it. Like, you can't let the big manufacturers run away with it. This is basically, they're basically instituting a spending cap without instituting a spending cap. So imagine if, actually, we, I'll look into the rules later. Probably Formula One has a similar rule to it. It gets really weird with Formula One because they're not nearly as restrictive. Um, the only thing that's really heavily, actually, no, not even pit crews are really limited. Yeah, nothing's really limited. Like, you can technically have as many people as you want changing for a pit stop. Have you ever seen a video of, like, the different series pit stops? Yeah, yeah, those videos are my favorite. Um, Especially back when um, uh, Formula E used to have... uh, Formula E used to have the changing car pit stops. Throw (laughs) that into the video. That was really cool. But, yeah. So, I mean, uh, this is... uh, I think... I think this is a great piece of news. I'm happy that Porsche is struggling. (laughs) On that, before we head off to our bold uh, predictions end. It's time for Juan's favorite part. He loves statistics, so we're going to do our hey. little stats section. All right, so those who watched last year's race, it was a hell of a race. You know, people lost some wings, front wings, rear wings, tires that decided to land on wings. Go figure. <laughs> a car took off, probably. Who knows? Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, anywho, so out of, after a crazy race, um, we had a the top five for last year was uh, John Eric Vern with the win by luck. That's a whole different story. And then uh, hey, the man got pole. <laughs> he did get pole. He wasn't up there for the longest time. That's true. And then next was Lucas DeGrassi. Surprisingly, he did not get first. He was on third place for the longest time in the race. Uh, but he did get fastest lap. And um, then was Sam Bird, uh, followed by Marco Angel and Sebastian Boemi. Those were our top five last year. Um, <laughs> Sebastian Boemi. Wow. Remember back when he was actually good? <laughs> uh, yeah. So John Eric Vern did get pole position, but he lost it. And then um, he was able to managed to get it back, and that was good, at least for, for him. And his pit stop was very interesting. He one-footed the thing from one car to the other. Oh, I remember that. Okay, so this time, for the record, for those of you who heard that ding, because this has been two episodes in a row with the thing, that was my laptop, <laughs> not my phone. So Mahesh is making progress on not having his phone go off. You know, progress is better than Congress. Uh, I hate you. No, I'm joking. All right, uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so, all right, with those statistics in mind, it's time for our bold predictions, and we always start with driver of the day. So, Juan, driver of the day. So, I think um, Alex Wynn, I think that's his last name. Uh, Yeah, I think he's going to be able to get a driver of the day. You know, he showed some pace for his first race last week, and I think he's actually going to surprise us, maybe not get a podium position, but he's going to be able to do consistent of what he got in 
since PK Jr. left because it was a terrible team. Did you say who did you say? Uh, Alex Wynn. That's don't just mean Mitch Evans. No wait. Ah, uh, you're looking at last year's data, my guy. Lynn, Alex Lynn, Panis. Am I? You're looking at you're looking at last year's team. No, I'm on the right one. So you think Mitch Evans's teammate will get yeah. it? Oh, oh, that's why I was confused. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Okay, I wasn't t- talking crazy. All right, yeah, I was talking crazy. You know, it's been a long day, folks. We're gonna ignore that. My driver of the day is gonna be Andre Lottera, um, because Tichita won this race last year. He's solid. Uh, I think he'll be on there for like amazing blocking, and I think he's pissed he let Mitch Evans by. So, so are you calling the first repeat? Well, he didn't win, so it's not a repeat. Lottera, I thought he got moved. No, he didn't. He DNF. Never mind. Yeah, he hasn't won yet this year. So eighth winner. It would be eighth winner, but same team, so no longer eight different teams, because John Eric Vern has won a race. You have to give in somewhere. Yeah. So, all right. So, well, that was my that was my driver of the day. I don't know if he'd win, but I don't know. Uh, podium prediction: uh, Andre Lottero won. Jonner. Uh, no, actually, Andre Lottero one, Sam Bird two, Jev three. Uh, Sam Bird's pissed. He's DNF'd twice, I think, in a row now, and so I think he's ready for some comeback. Uh, I need to look at the weather, <laughs> uh, but I think our boy Stoffel is gonna get in third place again. Just slide in with a broken. Bullshit! He's gonna get third. <laughs> you kidding me the stoffel has to waffle it he can't be consistently good <laughs> he's gonna stoffel his waffle so, or waffle his stoffel somehow get at 23rd out of 22 no honestly he'd somehow <laughs> break the rules of physics all right all right we've done our all right we've done our podium wait did you finish your yes you did no i didn't oh yeah no you did <laughs> I, juan goes in reverse order i go in forward okay as i said it has been a long day y'all all right, third. Who's second? You see, I actually cut you off because the Stoffel Waffle can't come. That's how egregious it was, Juan. Uh, all right, second. <laughs> the, show's, the show's gone off the rails. All right. I, this is totally inconsistent, but Nissan, we're going to put him at uh, Oliver Rowland. They have a I'm good not even going to let you say first <laughs> at this point. Are you sure you don't want to save this for your bold prediction? I'm just throwing things out there because <laughs> if you look at Paris's last last year's race was crazy. Okay, all right, and this season has been crazy. So you know what? I'll give all right. So Oliver Rowland second, and you know, and I want to see Pascal Verline on podium just because. So either way, we're gonna see a repeat team somewhere. That's what I'm hoping. IDK man, IDK. Hi, DK. I don't know, man. That's really bold. Wait, HWA hasn't won a race. No, I put Stoffel at third. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, what if we put... St- All right, bold predictions. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start mine since I walked into it. Stoffel Waffle, first place. Eighth different winner from an eighth different team. With the broken drive shaft right after the finish. <laughs> I swear to God, I would die of laughter. A one-two finish broken drive shaft. Oh, my it. God. All right, who do you got for first? Uh, well, I already said Pascal Verline for first. 
Well, I mean for bold prediction. Uh, bold oh, well, sorry. What's your bold prediction? I don't know why I said who you said for first. Bold predictions. If you look at the Paris track, it's pretty tight, but they also have some very nice straightaways. So I'm going to throw out three yellow flags, full course yellow, one PC, whatever, two full course and one red flag because apparently that's a thing now. So wait, you're saying three yellow flags, one safety car is going to be on one of those, and one red flag. Yes. Oh my God, that's going to be such a long broadcast. <laughs> All right, that's some bold prediction. All right, folks, so that wraps it up for the Formula E stuff, but this is a fusion episode, so now we got to dive right in to... Wait, I'm going to do, do my announcer voice. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, bring your hands together for the Baku Grand Prix. Literally glowing red from how loud that was. I'm sorry for those of you that have sensitive ears. <laughs> but it's time for Baku. Let's go. All right, all right. So Ferrari Sanders stepping up their game for this. And they're bringing up a complete de- redevelopment of their SF90. Seriously? They're re- like, how significant of a redev are we talking? Probably not much, but <laughs> well, this the year's, package, mainly. This year is the first year where straight line speed has been going to the Ferraris. Yes. And Baku is straight line speed heavy, so I believe they have a chance. So, yeah, their final turn, the final two turns, it's not really a turn. They, it's, a, it's like a dink. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> where... Um, where uh, Bottas just surpassed Stroll out of nowhere two years ago. Oh, my God. That was just absolutely... And we all thought Stroll lifted. We're like, he must have lifted. And he just completely did it. His foot was flat on the throttle. Gotta love that that uh, Bottas, but still. All right. So, yeah, they're talking about they're going to bring pretty much a new, almost new aero package to Baku because, one, it's a much tighter street circuit than what we had previously. Right. And... Also, they're getting tired of getting their butt whooped. I was about to be like, the real reason is you suck. The real reason is strategy, but we're not going to talk. Well, that's the next article. Yeah, I think this has to be. I think. I mean, we can talk about this later as well, but I think this is a must win scenario for Ferrari. And I think this redev just shows it. I mean, it's early in the season. You can still make a comeback, but I think Mercedes has really set the tone for the beginning and you got to get back on it. Granted, Bahrain was a bit of a sucky moment, but like. (laughs) Yeah. So, at least, what do you think they should definitely focus on? on as Since they do have engine power over Mercedes this year, which is crazy, because they pretty much did a swap before, because Ferrari used to... It's their aero package that needed to be fixed. They're losing out on fast corners. Uh, they also need to... Um, uh, to handle this, uh, the instability on some of their car, on one of their cars, I think what they need to do is um, remove um, the Sebastian Vettel component that's been really negatively affecting the balance on the cars. It's really been causing them to do in a 180 direction. And if they just rectify that one component, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> so, funny story about the next article. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it. Do so, it. this it's an opinion piece, but they're talking about why Ferrari is correct from picking Vettel over Leclerc. Who wrote this? Um, where's the um, Rob Watts from GP Fans? I was I was unaware you were allowed to hire morons on on our. Why the hell does that make <laughs> any sort of sense? The rookie's been outperforming the legend. Like like 
if a rookie who has limited experience with a team is outperforming the guy who's been established there and the guy who's been consistently spinning out at races, it makes more sense to favor the rookie. So one of their uh, theories, or at least their arguments, was that let's look at last year with Mercedes. So you we saw that Hamilton was on some weird all-time high and, you know, a series of bad luck, Bottas was trailing behind and losing spots because of whatever, like flat tires at Baku and um, just different right. race incidents. And, you know, as he was nipping at the heels of um, Hamilton after, uh, was it Russia that they forced him to swap out? Yeah. And same thing with uh, Silverstone when they told him to let go and or not let go, pull, hold, right, right, bring right. in the reins. Um, that would bring, you know, your morale of your team. And then your number two driver will probably will not push as hard. So your team would have the constructor points. But it's just stupid. <laughs> Ferrari has actively lost out on situations because they didn't favor Leclerc, like China. If they favored Leclerc, they would have held on to a podium spot, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Australia, they could have gotten the fastest lap point if they told Leclerc to go through past Vettel and take the point but he had to slow down behind Vettel. And so there you go. There's the fastest lap point gone. Like this, this has actively hurt them. Th- this man's an idiot. <laughs> but I thought it was a very interesting twist on Ferrari. I mean, stupidity is al- always interesting. <laughs> yeah, it keeps... Like a person crashing their car off the side of a bridge if they're okay is kind of funny because you're like, how did you manage to go off the bridge? <laughs> so um, Honda is already re- getting ready to introduce their new engine, which is really early. It's really early and... Doesn't that affect their engine quota? Won't they take a penalty some later in the season then? If they decide to introduce a fourth engine, yes. Okay, so this is this is interesting territory. So they better hope this new engine's developed well so it doesn't blow up on them. Um, but Because remember, um, I think it was two years ago that Mercedes brought back an old engine for a specific race? Yeah, and I mean, they can do that at Monaco because that's the race where your engine power doesn't really matter as long as your gearbox works. So, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I guess this is good to see. I mean, I think they have a really good, well-developed engine this year, and it's even more well-developed. Are they trying to challenge the top three? Because that could get interesting. Yes. Oh, wait, one of them is the top three, but you know what I mean. But, like, (laughs) are they challenging Ferrari and Mercedes? Yeah, they're trying to challenge the top two at this point. Yeah, I meant top two. Because if you notice, um, Red Bull hasn't are one of the fastest cars, but not the two, you know, top four cars. They which just, which is weird, even because um, isn't Verstappen in third place on the championship? Yes, but Verstappen won. He lucked out because Ferrari doing stupid stuff. Mm, that's not luck. That's just a fact <laughs> of the world that you can always count on. And to um, Verstappen's a hell of a driver. Honestly, at the end of the day, there's no real <laughs> other fact that you can say here other than Verstappen's a hell of a driver. <laughs> I think we all them losing Ricardo hurts because that would have been a really good driver duo with this. Well, I was about to say this team and almost said this track. And then we remember last year. They locked horns. <laughs> That's such a crappy joke, but so <laughs> accurate. But yeah, I mean, new Formula One engine. Good to hear. All right, Juan, what's our last story? A sad story. Uh, Steiner says Haas is going to be very disappointed in this track. Why? <laughs> Why? This is one of the tracks they've done pretty decent at, except for Grosjean managing to hit a wall under a safety car. Erickson hit him. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> oh, why? Is it the engine? Uh, they're just, uh, what was it? Um, 
It's more of the arrow package, or at least they're... Um, it's just an arrow package. Fix the goddamn arrow package. What arrow is there in Baku? There's no high-speed corners. They're all hard lefts. So because of the way their arrow is not forcing them down to get, up the, get their tires heated up properly, so they're not able to use the tires to the full advantage. I think he's trying to sell them short. I think they're going to do okay. Because that logic isn't exactly tracking in my mind. Because mm-hmm. if they do the strategy right, it could work. All right. Juan, all right. Juan just pulled up another article. <laughs> it's a spicy article. All right. and I. All right. I guess if it's spicy enough, we got the time for it. Let's sprinkle the spiciness in. All right. Before we get going to the other stuff, our Red Bull Motorsport advisor, Dr. Helmut Marko, says... F1's too physical for women drivers. You know, if Helmut Marco looked like he could even complete a lap around a Formula One car <laughs> without passing out, I'd consider his opinion. But he can't. Yeah. And he can shut up and go to hell. Like, if put them in the car, and if they lap faster than Pierre Gasly in your car, which they probably will, because I can lap faster than Pierre Gasly in your car, give them the drive. Yeah, and I'm, I know they, have, they didn't bring up Formula W for Earth. Which is so stupid. Like... Who you, knows how many millions of dollars they're going to put into that. Grab them, those millions of dollars, put them into actual drivers, and stick them in F3, F2. Instead of investing in a separate racing series, invest in the women. Give them the money. Give them the training. You have to start at a grassroots level. You can't start when they're already race car drivers. you got to start when they're 10 and looking at the go-kart track, and then they're facing gender stereotyping about them not being able to get on the go-kart track. Encourage them to get onto the go-kart track. That's step one. It's not sequestering them off into a different sport. I guarantee you any women driver can outlap Vettel because he'll halfway spin across the lab. Like, it's... It's that mustache. I swear to God, he needs to shave it. That is why it's happening. But yeah, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Helmet Marco, you sexist, misogynistic asshat. All right. Wow, you really got me to pop off on that one. We needed a spicy one. But now it is time for everyone's favorite segment. Perfecting the formula's bold predictions. Juan, driver of the day. Hold on. Some stats. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn it. All right. So we kind of talked about it. Botas was leading the whole race. Flat tire. Why did he get a flat tire? The two Red Bulls lock horns. And they were 1-2, I think. Yeah. They were. They were. No, no, no. They were 3-4. Um, 3-4. Three, four. Three, four. And. Um, yeah, they Ricard- locked horns. Yeah, that was. Ricardo that was bad. slid behind. We're stopping because we're stopping was going to make up his mind. <laughs> uh, just, you know, it was bad all around, but, you know, it figured it out. So what and did the end of the standings look like? At the end of the stand, uh, the end of the day, we had Lewis Hamilton on top, followed by Kimi Raikkonen and then Ser- Sergio Perez. So it's quite interesting that Baku always has some weird driver on there. And because it has weirdness occurring in it. So it's weirdness brews weirdness. And then Vettel was at uh, fourth place. Followed by Carlos Sainz in fifth. Good, good finish for Renault. But yeah. All right. So um, And then with that, we had the fastest lap going to Valtteri Bottas, even though he had a flat tire. DNF. DNF. That technically wouldn't count for his points. Yeah, but. If that was if it, it, implemented last year, then it would have gone to. I don't think it goes if it, you weren't the fastest, period. You had to be the fastest and finish top 10. Yeah, so Lewis Hamilton wouldn't have gotten the point even though he was second fastest because he wasn't the fastest. You see what I mean? So if the fastest lap is set by the 15th place, then no one gets the fastest lap point. No, the fastest lap... Actually, we should check into that. 
Yeah, well, okay, I'm assuming they're growing under the Formula E model, and under the Formula E model, that's how that works. And since Formula One basically went, all right, let's go over into the Formula E rulebook. All right, and Control C, and then we're going to crop over here, and then Control V, and then uh, change the E, Control F. All right, find all E's and replace with one. All right, we're good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll double check that, but I'm almost positive that's how that works. But yeah, all right, so with that data in mind, it's time for everyone's favorite. <laughs> Are you going to cut me off again? gonna cut me off again Juan. i'll think about it <laughs> oh damn all right it's time for everyone's favorite segment perfecting the formula's bowl predictions so juan who's your driver of the day a driver of the day i think it's gonna finally go to carlos Sainz and not have a dnf because he has been having some trouble mercedes is slowly going up there because you know lando norris had a good race yeah 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 um yeah, yeah. Carlos Sainz just hopefully McLaren doesn't screw up his car. All right. So you had a boring one. I'm going to do the interesting one. Driver of the day. Or you had the interesting one. I'm going to do the boring one. Sorry. That's how what I meant to say. <laughs> I'm like, you had the fun one and bold one. I am going to have the boring one. Driver of the day, Charles Leclerc for his first race win. All right. So that being said, I'll go and do my podium. First place, Charles Leclerc. Uh, second place, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, third place, Valtteri Bottas. Vettel's going to be running in second place in spin. <laughs> so that's your bold prediction <laughs> no it's not my bold prediction that's not bold at all oh wait that's normal <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a fact of the universe don't you know <laughs> all right so i had a different podium oh did you read it so i was gonna give uh botas first place he's coming back with vengeance from last year and he's on semi on fire this year there was that one race yeah, yeah, yeah. uh leclerc will be second and then for third, we're going to give it to Daddy Stroll. Which driver for Daddy Stroll? Stroll. <laughs> no, bullshit. No. Just why don't you save these things for your bold predictions? I really like Sergio Perez as well, but it's. And he has been inconsistent, but also. Baku's never consistent. So. <laughs> Oh, my God. No, I just, no, just no. Juan, no. All right, my bold prediction, uh, we're going to have eight DNFs, so only two drivers are going to be outside of the points. And those are going to be the Williams still. <laughs> yes, they will be. They'll somehow not DNF, but some, but still come as the last two. See, that's exactly why it's so bad. It's because it's so tantalizing. Like, oh, we think we can get points, just one more DNF, and it doesn't happen. <laughs> Somebody DNFs after they finish. There should be a rule that if you got lapped three times, you can't get a point. True. Like, there should be. I, I just don't understand how that's not a rule. But anyway, Juan, what's your... Wait, a concept before I go into this. Do you think they intentionally fuel the Williams cars for three laps less? Like, like as in, like, they only plan to drive three laps less because they know they're going to get lapped three times? You know what? That is a crazy conspiracy that I think it might work for them. <laughs> that might actually... What, what, oh, all right. Sorry. I'm done. That, that, it makes so much sense. All right. Now, you. what's up? So... Your bold prediction. My bold prediction is <laughs> almost a little crazier than yours, but I was going to say there's going to be enough DNFs that somehow the uh, Williams get into the points. I swear to God, if that <laughs> happens, I'm going to roll on the floor with laughter. Well, y'all have heard some pretty bold predictions here today. and some honest tomfoolery. It's been a while since we've had an episode with this much. Actually, who do you think is going to DNF if this? Uh, DNF? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Magnuson is going to take out Hulkenberg. So there's two right there. 
Um, you're going to have Verstappen DNF because it's been too long without him crashing. Um, let's see, who else? I need to run through teams in my mind. Carlos Sainz is going to DNF. Uh, <laughs> no, Carlos Sainz is going to DNF. Um, what other? Pierre Gasly is going to DNF. Uh, hang on, I'm pulling up the driver list. I need to pull up the driver's list. <laughs> um, let's see, who else? Uh, I, I think both the Williams will survive. They're just too slow to like not survive. Uh, so it doesn't make sense for them to DNF. So we've got five down. Uh, let's see. Both the Ferraris are going to be fine. Haas, I already said K-Mag is going to perish. Um, I'll say Lando survives. I'm going to say Lance, Stroll, and Sergio Perez are both gone. So that's seven. Um, Giovinazzi is going to go. That's eight. Giovinazzi is kind oh, of... Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to say, um, Perez. Sorry. Keep Perez in. And then Kafiat's going to go. The torpedo. Yeah. So those are my eight. And he's going to knock out half of them. <laughs> yeah, those are my eight. Like, yeah, exactly. So that's that's exactly why. So those are my eight. All right. So that's been... That's our fusion episode. Uh, we shouldn't have too many of these. It's just around weekends, thunderstorms, and um, really packed race weekends. Yay. <laughs> yeah, when there's back-to-back Formula E races and a Formula One race. So um, thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the usual um, hit that like button, smash that. No, I'm joking. I hate that thing. You know that YouTube thing? What is yes. that? Hit that like button, smash that, or whatever that is. Hit the like button. Hits, uh, give us a thumbs up now because it's thumbs yeah, up. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Subscribe and hit the bell. <laughs> My brother actively said he would try and sue us if I ever said that in a recording. But yeah, follow us on social media. Um, shoot us any questions you have, any segments you'd like us to add. And as always, my name is Mahesh. And this is Juan. And this has been another episode of Perfecting the Formula.